Amen. One teenager was talking to the, another teenage friend and said, I'm worried about my mom and dad. And she said, well, why are you so worried? She said, well, they slave away at their jobs every day so that I can have everything that I need. They've been putting money back so that I can go to college when I reach that age and ready to go to college. They keep the house all uh, fixed up. They, they take care of the laundry and the, the meals every day and all of that. Everything's provided for me. Her friend said, well, that sounds great. What are you so worried about? She says, I'm afraid they're going to try to escape. <laughs> Last Sunday after uh, our second service, someone came out and said, uh, after we had such great response over the past few weeks to this series that we're doing, he said, uh, Pastor Andy, you just need to keep preaching on stewardship all the time. Because during this three-week period, we've had this series so far. We're finishing it up this week in the fourth week. In three weeks, we've had ten additions to the church, nine by baptism. Just, in just three weeks. Isn't that amazing? God's just doing great things. <laughs> and I don't know that it's just preaching on stewardship that's done that. But it's, it's the way we're talking about it. Because it's a matter of the what? Heart. It's all about the heart. And, and that's something God wants from all of us, is He wants our hearts surrendered to Him, fully surrendered and committed to Him and the work of the kingdom of God. So we are finishing up the series today. We've been looking at matters of the heart. We talked about the first week, the source of all of our blessings. as God Himself. We need to recognize Him as the source, honor Him as the source of all the blessings that we have, for sure. And then we talked about the test that God invites us to give him that if we will put him first and bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that God will honor that and provide everything we need it's amazing that the God of the universe wants us to give him a test and the reason he wants to do that is so that we'll recognize he is the source and as the source he'll always take care of the needs of his people last week we talked about the privilege we have of working in the kingdom of God, serving in God's kingdom, that we're invited in through Christ to be members of the kingdom of heaven. And as members of the kingdom of heaven, we get to be participants in the greatest work on the face of the earth. It is what we do for the kingdom that will last for all eternity. Everything else here is temporary except the eternal things of the kingdom of God. So to invest in the kingdom of God is the greatest investment we can make in our lives. Well, I didn't want to do this series without finishing up with this one. Today we're talking about the fun that we have as members of the kingdom, serving God and putting God first. How much fun it is to be able to do that. Now, I don't mean every moment of every day is fun. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, though, how much fun it is to know that God can use us as limited as we are, as flawed as we are, as limited as our resources are, we think. God can use every one of us in great and powerful ways to impact this world for Jesus Christ. And it's fun when you get it right. How do we get it right? It's a matter of the heart. When we get our heart right in this area of stewardship, then it becomes a fun part of our lives to participate in this to see how God provides and how we can be generous and he still provides and we can be generous again and he still provides. It starts being a lot of fun when you realize that God is so faithful every single time. 
So I want to break it down to four things today that we need to be reminded of and, and, and thinking about how fun it is to be part of this. The first thing is this. It's about trust. It's about, in our hearts, getting to that place where we fully trust God as our source for everything. I want to look at a passage of Scripture that's found in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to pick up with verse 6. We looked at parts of this before in the series. If you missed any in this series, you can go back and catch them. They're on our YouTube channel. You can go back to our archive there and catch anything that you missed. And we've talked about a few of these verses, but I want to go back through some of these and be reminded of what Paul says to us and to the church at Corinth here. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. God wants this to be fun. He wants this to be a fun part of our lives, to be able to give the way he wants us to give. He goes on to say, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous how often? On every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you've proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And he finishes this section with these, this expression of praise. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, I know he's talking about several things when he says God's indescribable gift. In the context of this passage, he's certainly talking about Jesus as the ultimate gift that God has given us. But it's more than that. It's the gift of knowing we can trust God to take care of us. What an amazing gift that is. I mean, it's seen most of all in the giving of his son, but it's also seen in the day-to-day -day living of life where our needs are met when we trust God and we do things the way God teaches us to do things. When we're generous people the way God calls us to be generous people, we can trust God. It's all about trust. Let's break it down a little bit. Look at verse 6 again. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap how? And whoever sows generously will reap how? Now, that's a principle that God put into creation, right? We see it. Uh, I don't know how many of you plant a garden, maybe, every now and then. You plant a garden. If you want to have a lot of tomatoes, what do you need to plant? A lot of tomatoes plants, right? A lot of tomato seeds. If you want to have a lot of wheat or corn or whatever it is you want to produce, then you have to plant a lot. If you plant a little, what kind of return do you expect to get? A little. But if you plant a lot... What chance do you have that you'll have more? Of course, the chances are much better that you're going to have more if you sow more, if you plant more. 
So God put that into creation, that that's how things work, the way he created them to work. And we are no exception as part of his creation. When we sow generously, what can we expect? A generous return. But when we sow sparingly, what should we expect? Not as much return. That's the principle. So the question, it boils down to this. Do you trust God when he tells you that? Do you trust that God's telling you the truth? When he says, that's the principle at work in the world, the way I created it to work. Now, how do we show God that we trust him in this? We start sowing how? Generously. That's how you show God, God, I really trust you. You taught me this in your word. I've seen it in scripture. I've seen the example. I've heard the testimony of others who can testify to this. I am convinced that you're telling me the truth and I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start sowing generously. Now, we don't do it just so we can get, 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 get for ourselves. We just need to understand the principle is when you do this, that's the consequence of it. That's how it works. And so we're not motivated by greed. We're motivated by the faithfulness of God, knowing that we can trust him. He'll, he'll take care of his people. And if we are his people, we will trust him to do it the way he says to do it. Look again at what he says in verse 10. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower. If you sow anything, who is the source? God, all right? Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. He will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He says you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. So we have to, again, come to that place where we have to decide for ourselves. Nobody else can decide this for you. You have to do this. You have to decide... Do I trust that the one who supplied the seed that I get to sow is the one who will also supply the increase and in my store of seed and he'll enlarge the harvest when I sow the seed that he supplies for me? You have to trust that God will really do that. You see, until you really trust God, you're not going to be ever consistent in doing this. Now, remember, God invited us. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago. He invites us to test him in this. All right? So he doesn't expect us just to, to blindly trust him without seeing that he's really going to be faithful. So he says, all right, you can give me a test. Go ahead and sow the seed. Put it out there. Be generous. Be extravagantly generous. And put God to the test and see if he will not supply what you need now you can't pull verses out of context some pastors do that and it's a very dangerous thing to do I'm always careful to keep every verse in the context that it's in and also in the context of the whole Bible you have to look at everything because God will never contradict himself ever in his word okay so we could pull that verse out of context and say well if you just give a big offering to the church God's going to just bless you abundantly with all kinds of money some preachers preach that and teach that. And uh, I'm not going to do that because that's not what he said here. I want you to understand what he's saying. He's saying when you, in proportion to the way he's blessed you, when you sow that seed according to the way he supplied the seed for you, he's going to take care of you and give you the ability to continue to be generous. That's what he's saying. 
He's going to provide for you in a way that allows you to be a generous person all the time. And you can't translate that, oh, he's going to make me rich when I do this. That's not what he's saying. He is saying, though, not only will you have your needs met, but you'll be able to continue to be generous throughout your life. Because he wants to develop a heart of generosity in us. That's what he's looking for. Now, he's also not saying that you can ignore all of his other teachings on how to be good stewards of what God's given you and still expect God to do this for you. For example, he gives you some seed to sow, and you, you give some to the church, but then you go out and waste the rest in crazy ways that aren't in line with the Word of God. Do you think God's going to bless that? No, God doesn't contradict himself. He's given us teaching on managing the part that we don't give to, that we need to manage it according to God's teaching, God's principles. And then we get the good consequences, the blessings of doing that. You can't just say, well, I gave some to the church so I can do whatever I want with the rest and expect God to bless that. That's not the way this works. This is total stewardship of the part you give and the part he lets you keep in your possession to manage on his behalf. And the time and the resources and all that you have, we are accountable to God for being good stewards of all of that. So this principle is true, but you can't pull it out of context and try to make it say something the Bible doesn't say. Let's make sure we keep it in the rest of the teachings of God's Word and not become one of those health and wealth gospel churches that are telling you everybody's going to be healthy and wealthy if you give to the church like you should. That's simply not scriptural, okay? All right, so it's about trust. We need to learn that we can trust God to supply the seed in such a way that when we manage it well, he'll continue to supply the seed and we'll continue to be able to be generous from that point on. So start out as a matter of trust. The second thing we need to say, see today is this. It's also about focus in your life. It's easier to focus when you're getting reminded every Sunday during a stewardship series to do this, right? I, I, I'm not going to make light of this. This is a wonderful thing. During this series, we've seen people step up in generosity and giving in great ways. And it has truly blessed the church. I'm so thankful for it. And I'm not just talking about amounts of money. I'm talking about people just being generous with what they have at whatever level they're at. Okay? It's amazing. But the question needs to be, listen... Now that we've learned that and experienced that this month through this series, what's it going to look like next month and the next month and the next month, right? Because if we don't stay focused on this, here's what happens. Satan loves to throw in these distractions to pull us away from staying focused on being the generous people God has called us to be. Now, I know some people that have been very generous uh, during this series, and they told me uh, they went ahead and did it anyway, even though uh, they told me right after they did it, they had something happen at their house that cost a lot of money to fix, right? Now, wouldn't that throw off your focus a little bit? I was just being generous, and then I had this unexpected big expense. Now, you know who's behind that? Satan. Satan wants you to lose focus. 
He wants you to focus on the problem and the potential problems that are out there, the potential setbacks. What if I don't have it then? What if I don't have what I need you know, next month? What? You know, he wants you to think about those things. And you lose the focus of trusting God the way you need to trust God. And he does it to all of us. I mean, there's, there are no exceptions to this. Listen to what he said again in verse 7. Let's go back there. Each of you should give what you've decided in your where, where? heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, when you stay focused on the right thing, then you can give what you've decided in your heart to give in a fun, joyful way. But if you lose focus, it stops being fun. Because it's not from the heart then, it's from obligation. It, it could even be from legalism in some churches, depending on how you were raised, right? What church you were raised in. It's got to be exactly 10%, exactly when you get paid, and you know, you gotta, uh, you gotta give the 10% of the gross, not the, of the net, not the, gro you know, the gross, you know, you get real legalistic about it. And you begin to resent doing it. Instead of it being the joyful, fun thing that it needs to be. Why? Because you've lost focus. Now it's about legalism and the money and obedience to, to the law instead of this is what I want to do from my heart. It's because I love God and I love others that I want to do this. You need to have the right focus for it to be fun. And the right focus is to understand how blessed we are that God has entrusted these things to us and allowed us to be a part of doing this. So we don't do it reluctantly or under compulsion. You've all probably been at churches, if you were raised in church, or I've been going to church a long time, where when they preach or teach about this issue, it's really high-pressure sales job, man. Right? It's the twisting of the arms. It's the, it's the trying to... And they tell these tear-jerking stories. I love that. In fact, they know that works. It gets people to give at the moment. Right? Why do you think they do these commercials when they show you know, help out the animals, and they show the starving animal, just skin and bones. He's out in the cold weather, right? It's snowing, and Sarah McLaughlin is singing in the arms of the angels, right? You know why they do that? Because it hits your heart, right? And they know many people in the emotion of the moment will write a check or, or give online right then. But what it doesn't do is keep you focused the next week, and the next week, and the next week, right? And if you have to have that every single time to give, what, would you want to go to a church like that? Where that's what they're doing week after week after week, that's all you hear? Of course not. I don't want to go to a church like that either. I don't want to be that pastor that does that. I don't believe that's what God's called us to do in teaching ministry as a pastor. So you shouldn't have to be arm-twisted into this. You shouldn't have to be pressured into this if you've got your heart focused where it needs to be focused. Now, one way you keep your heart focused, right, is to continue not forsaking the assembly of the church. It's to continue being steadfast in prayer and in being in God's Word regularly. And, and, and maybe you develop some of your own habits of ways to remind yourself of just how blessed you are or how faithful God has been in the past so that you can keep your focus of your heart where it needs to be with God. See, that's why being part of a church family is such a big deal in God's plan for your life. 
We all need that. We need that connection. We need that reminder. We need that encouragement and that accountability to keep our hearts focused where they need to be focused. Otherwise, the next ad that comes out for that next new thing is going to take you away from that focus. Right? Now, we're at a time, I can't tell you, I, you know, I'm a sports person. I love watching sports on television. But I can't tell you the number of ads trying to sell me stuff while I'm trying to watch a football game. Right? I mean, I'm trying to just watch a football game and enjoy it. And every time there was a break in the game, what was happening? Buy this. Buy this. You need this. Right? I was just thinking about it as I, I knew I'd be preaching on this today. And, and I was just watching yesterday as I was watching games. I was just trying to, to be conscious of the fact that every few minutes I have this bombardment of advertisement trying to get me to spend money on other things. Most of which I don't need. Most of which my life would be fine without. Now, we all need some things. We understand that. They're not evil things. But the danger is, is it can get your focus off of the things that matter the most. Right? We've got to stay focused on doing what he's teaching us to do here. Uh, earlier in the First Corinthian letter, First Corinthians 16 and verse 2, remember we looked at this earlier in the series, he gave them a plan on how to focus on this and make sure you don't miss it, okay? He said this, On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. He's talking about an offering they were doing to help out uh, the Christians in Jerusalem that were going through great trials. And he said, well, so that you don't get distracted, here's a plan. You know, make a plan. Here's a plan you could follow. On the first day of every week, which would be Sunday, just like it is for us. That's the first day of the week. Put money back for that purpose. Make that your plan. So that it's not last minute. You haven't forgotten about it. You haven't neglected it all along the way. You've got a plan that you could focus on to do this. That's what the tithe was in the law. It was the plan on how to do this. Every time you receive from God, you take that tithe off the top and put it in the storehouse for God. There's a plan, a pattern that you can establish to follow. My wife and I have, my wife and I have great fun with this, where we, we see every time we have money come into our account, uh, we see how immediately we can have that, that amount that we've predetermined and focused on that we set aside to go to the church and to the storehouse of the church. We do that electronically too so that, you know what, there's not much gap there between the time we get it and the time it goes into the church. We don't want much gap time there. You know why? It's easy to lose focus. Right? It's really easy to lose focus if there's a lot of gap time there. Because during that gap time, what's Satan going to do? He's going to try to distract you, right? Try to get you off on other things, thinking you need other things. How many ads are you going to see in the gap time? A whole bunch of ads. Stuff they want to sell you. New stuff that's come out. We have to be intentional about this. Here's the thing God knows. He wanted us to have a plan because he knows without a plan, consistency will always be the struggle. Always. So when we preach on giving, we might give some that much during that series, but then we get distracted because we don't have a plan. We don't have any consistent pattern that we've established for our lives where that's going to continue through the course of our lives. 
And that's why God gives us these examples, these, this plan to follow like the tithe that he gave to his people in the old covenant. It's because there's a set pattern to follow. Now here's the thing about set patterns. Here's what you have to know. Sometimes at first it seems hard. You know, if you're giving 10% of tithe to God, you're taking it off the top and giving it to God, and you're thinking there's no way I'm going to be able to do this and live on the rest and all that. But what it does is it forces you to discipline and be a better steward of what's left too so that you can keep that plan going. So not only are you being generous, but you're being a better steward of everything else so that you can be generous and follow the plan. And that requires focus. Just like every good thing in your life requires what? Focus. If you're going to be the best at that, if you're going to do a good job with that, if you're going to enjoy that, you've got to be focused on it. That's true for everything in your life that you want to accomplish and achieve. It requires focus. This part of your life does too. So there needs to be this focus so that we have this routine, this plan. I don't know how often you get paid. Some people get paid once a month. Some people a couple of times a month. Some people get paid every week. Set up a plan. You know when it's coming. Set up a plan. Make the budget right off the top. Every time that comes in, here's what goes to God. Here's what goes to the storehouse of the church every single time. And then learn to manage the rest in the best possible way you can with God's help. What I have found is, is that when you put God to that test, you follow that plan consistently, God is faithful. And there are plenty of people here at Lakeshore, at the Smyrna campus, here at the Antioch campus, who could testify to the faithfulness of God when they have followed God's plan for doing this. You say, well, that's just... You know, the pastor is saying it. No, there's plenty of people who are members of the church, who have other jobs and other occupations and other obligations, who do this too. And they can testify to the faithfulness of God. And I'm so thankful for those people because it not only supplies the needs of the church, but it, it changes their heart where it becomes a joy for them. And, and I can see the joy they have when they do it. I can see the joy that it brings to their lives to know that they're making a difference with what God has blessed them with. So it's about focus. The third thing, though, and this is the one I want to talk most about today, when we talk about the fun of doing this, it's about the impact of it when God's people do this. The impact of it is tremendous. Look at verse 12. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. He wanted to remind the church at Corinth, hey guys, when you do this, it's supplying the needs of the Lord's people. And, and, and it's more than that. It's resulting in praise and thanks being offered up to God on your behalf because you've been faithful doing this. The impact is far-reaching. And the impact is not just a temporary impact for the here and now when you do this. This is eternal impact we're talking about for the kingdom of God because the kingdom is eternal. So when you supply the needs of God's people in the work of the kingdom, when you, when you do this consistently with the right attitude, the impact is eternal and powerful. And sometimes we... We don't think of it that way because we think of our little bit. And, and how we, that little bit, if I don't give it this time, it won't really matter because it's not so big. It's, it won't make much impact. But here's the thing. It impacts you and it impacts everybody else when we choose to do it or not to do it. Don't ever underestimate the impact 
of doing what God has called you to do in a faithful way. I'm going to take some time again to remind you of some of that impact. Remember we talked about the kingdom last week and how we're connected to each other and to other brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. So here at Lakeshore, we have some connections. I want to bring them up. I listed them last week, but I want to talk a little bit more about them. We partner with Youth for Christ here in Nashville. So when you give your offerings, it enables us to partner with Youth for Christ and provide help and support for Youth for Christ, right? Well, Youth for Christ is an organization here in Nashville. Let me share some of what they do, okay? <clears throat> they have a, a ministry called Parent Life. It's in two schools in Antioch and Hillsborough. They serve 44 teen parents in the 2022-2023 uh, school year. They have a campus life program, uh, eight in school clubs, uh, including Franklin High, Grassland Middle, Antioch High, uh, Johnson ALC, Rocky Fork Middle, Wright Middle School, Knowledge Academy, Blackman Middle, two off-campus clubs at Smyrna and here in Antioch. They serve 180 students through that. In their city life ministry, they have a, one site, but they do uh, multiple weekly meetups and events. They serve over 220 students through that program. And they have a juvenile justice ministry. And in that ministry, they have three in-person sites at Rosewood and Walnut and, uh, and Standing Tall facilities. They have five pods, three boy pods and two girl pods. They serve 166 students on average each week through that program. And so the average overall is they serve over 600 students a week and last year, through the school year of 2022-2023 here, they had 71 decisions for Christ among those young people. All right? Yeah, you should applaud that. That's a big deal. See, these are kids that would not have had that otherwise. It would not have been there for them. And when you give your regular offerings to this church, you help make that possible. You are impacting that in a big way. And it's more than that. I mean, we partner with uh, the Branch Food Pantry. The Branch currently serves over 1,200 families each month. They receive food from the Branch. They have 110 students that are enrolled in their English classes. And volunteers from local businesses and schools and churches join together with the staff to carry out all that ministry day in and day out. They're open five days a week there. We, we not only give money to support that, we donate food to support that, and we have volunteers who serve there. Every time you give, you help make that impact possible in the kingdom of God, just by giving to Lakeshore. We partner with Mechanics on a Mission. I talked about that a little bit last week. It's a new one that we just started partnering with this past year. And with Mechanics on a Mission, my good friend Brian Sweat connected me with this, with uh, our church ministries and Tire World and, and other uh, mechanics and organizations that partner there, Nelson Mazda and others. Our own Will Exler, a member of our church with Sanctuary Automotive, is one of the mechanics that partners with this. And with our partnership there, we were able to help provide transportation needs for two families right here in our own Lakeshore family. We, we gave them cars in the past six months. We've given two cars away here at Lakeshore. And Mechanics on a Mission has given away over 35 cars this year with all their partnerships that they have going on. People that needed transportation to get to work and take care of their families. When you give to Lakeshore, guess what? You help make those things possible. That's the impact of what's going on there. In addition to that, we partner in education 
uh, and Christian education here locally and in other parts of the country. We partner with Ezel Harding Christian School. We partner with Point University, Milligan University, Johnson University. Uh, we partner with Smyrna Elementary School through our Smyrna campus. We partner with Eagle View Elementary right behind us here and help serve there. We, we're partnering through schools that impact young people's lives that, that wouldn't get this otherwise without the support of churches like Lakeshore, individual Christians that give to their local church that make it possible for us to do that. We partner not just with money, but in other ways too. We partner uh, with Milligan University, for example. We hosted their ministry program. Their students in their ministry program came and spent uh, about four days with our staff here learning practical ways to do ministry in the areas of ministry that they're going to be going into as they get their degrees there at Milligan University. I mean, there, there's so many ways those partnerships are happening. And it's impacting eternity in the lives of people all around the country. We partner with Thrift Smart. A lot of you know that here at the Antioch campus, we've got the donation bin uh, here, but uh, people at the Smarter campus, you can bring those donations to this campus. Thrift Smart this year has already given back over $420,000 to their supported charities just from the clothing drives and the donations that they get from churches like Lakeshore. And those missions that they support are, are uh, New Hope uh, Academy, the Mercy Community Healthcare, uh, the Belize Project, uh, African Leadership Project that they support. All of that support, all profits at ThriftSmart are reinvested into those ministries and that outreach, every bit of it. In addition to that, when we make clothing donations to ThriftSmart, they give us gift cards back based on the weight of the clothing donations we have. We're able to take those gift cards and when people come to us and they need clothes or they need shoes or they need, uh, need help with uh, household goods and furnishings, we can give them gift cards to go down to Thrift Smart and get the stuff that they need when they need it. We give out gift cards week in and week out here at Lakeshore to people who come to us with those needs. We couldn't do that without your generous support of what we're doing. And so many of you bring clothing donations and you put it in that bin. It's full again. We had to call them this past week. Come get it. Come empty it out again. They just filled it up again, over and over again. And that's how we get those gift cards to give back and help out in our community. Well, it's more than that. We partner with White Mills Christian Camp up in White Mills, Kentucky. And every summer at White Mills, hundreds of young people go there for church camp. And they're taught about Jesus and they're taught about how to live that out in their lives and they form Christian friendships and, and, and they, they make connections with uh, adult uh, Christians that, that will help lead and guide and direct them. And, and it has eternal impact in those young people's lives. They also have other things that they do like uh, the ladies retreat out there and the men's conference that's hosted out there. So many different things that happen through that camp and we can partner with that camp. The last few years, every year, you remember the cereal drive we've done? A lot of you have been part of that. We were able to get donations of cereal to supply all the cereal they needed to feed their kids, the kids that went to camp there for the whole summer. Lakeshore has supplied that three years in a row now, all the cereal that they needed. It's your generosity because you're focused on doing those things that God has called you to do as a church family. And lives are being impacted. I can't tell you. There's no way for us to know until we get to eternity how many young people that's impacted in making decisions to make Jesus the Lord of their lives year after year after year through Christian camp. Your donations help us send kids to camp 
as well as provide for the needs of the camp. We partner with another area of ministry that's growing all the time. We partner with Rock House Center for Counseling. Uh, my good friends John and Beth Murphy run this counseling center. And friends, I got to tell you, the need for Christian counseling has never been greater than it is right now. We have more people seeking that and needing that in their lives than ever before. And we're able to connect them with a ministry like that, with that counseling center. And if they need financial aid to do it, we can help them out and provide financial aid for them to get the counseling that they need. How do we do that? Because you give your tithes and offerings to Lakeshore Christian Church. And I can name right now three families this year that have been in that counseling that we've helped with. And it's made a huge difference in those families to have that for them. You are making an impact with every one of these things. Well, we do more than that. We also partner with, uh, through Mary Weaver's connection with You Are Loved Ministries. It's an outreach to those experiencing homelessness. And she just, again, had another uh, drive and donations of food that they were able to take out there and bless so many families. And now we're collecting uh, items for, for the cold weather times, uh, like scarves and gloves and hats and things like that. And I saw some people that brought some in today with that. We're going to be doing that through all the cold, cold weather months. And your partnership with that has been tremendous. And, and Mary is so grateful, and others that work in that ministry are so grateful that we can impact these people who are so vulnerable in such a place of need right now and homelessness in their lives. And when you give to Lakeshore, you make it possible for us to do those things. We partner with CORE Ministries. CORE is in Haiti, the poorest country in the world still today is Haiti, by far. And the poverty will just break your heart when you see it. But CORE has an answer that's a legitimate answer to that, where they don't just hand out stuff. They develop farms and allow people to start farms where they're raising chickens and, and producing eggs. And they not only can take care of their families, but through selling those things, they can, they can give to their church and support their communities. And it is impacting Haiti in a powerful way. And our partnership with CORE is turning things around in pockets of, of Haiti where we can do that ministry there. You see, when you give to Lakeshore, you're helping make that possible for us to partner with them. And it has eternal impact. And it goes on and on and on. The local benevolence that we do with helping families with rent, utilities, and food, and clothes, and jobs, and auto repairs, and household items. Week in and week out here at Lakeshore, we're helping families right here within our own church family, within our own community. Because you give to Lakeshore and to the storehouse of the church. And here's the thing. When we do it that way, who gets the honor and who gets the credit? God does. When you do it yourself directly, who gets the credit? You do. But when we do it through the church, it's Jesus Christ that's being lifted up and glorified. You see the difference there? I know you get a good feeling when you do it on your own, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not evil. But who are we trying to point people to? Jesus. God. When you do it through his church in the name of Jesus, it makes that kind of impact in those people's lives. They know it's the people of God honoring their God that does this. And that's how they praise God as a result. And right here in our own campus, I can't tell you how many. Uh, right now, and every Sunday, and during the week we have programs. We're in the nursery right now. Children are being touched by the love of God. 
in the children's ministries right now. We have adult volunteers back there that are serving in the children's ministry right now. They're being taught about Jesus, and they're making decisions about their lives. Last Sunday, we baptized one of those kids, right, who, who is growing up in that program and learning about Jesus, and it's changing their lives. We have a middle school program and a high school program and volunteers serving in there and staff that's working with that, that, that are investing their time and their efforts, and your gifts are making it possible to fund those ministries. And friends, our teens today need this more than ever with the challenges they're facing in our culture. And your gifts, your offerings that you give to Lakeshore make those ministries possible week in and week out, day in and day out. You are funding those ministries, impacting those young people. I want to spend just a moment right now. I'm going to ask you to help me out. Remember I told you in the past, not the past three weeks, We've had nine baptisms and a couple of other decisions to make Lakeshore their church home. Over the year this year so far, we've had over 50 decisions for Christ, uh, over 26 of them by baptism. And we've just got a clip I want to show right now of just those baptisms. Now, we don't have every single one on there, but it's a good representation. Here's why. Every one of those baptisms represents transformation of life for the kingdom of God. It's the most important decision those people have ever made or ever will make. And your support of the church made them possible that we could do that and baptize those people. So here's what I'm going to ask for your help. We're going to show this clip and you're going to see these baptisms. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice when people make these decisions. So what should we do? Yeah, so I want to hear some rejoicing people. We're going to watch this say, Smyrna Campus, I want to hear some rejoicing. As we watch this video, I, I want to hear the Smyrna campus from Antioch. I want you guys to hear the Antioch campus down in Smyrna. I want you clapping. I want you applauding. I want you celebrating. Because, friends, this is what it boils down to. People coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is the biggest impact you could ever have with any part of your life forever. Let's celebrate right now. I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Woo! Yes. Yes. Woo! Yes. Woo! Keep it up, guys. Woo! Yes. Baptize you in the name of the Father.
Wow. Man, my heart just its about to explode with joy. Right? Did you notice the diversity, too, of all those baptisms? People from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all races and ethnicities. God is doing something special here, friends. It is powerful. And you help make it happen when you choose to honor God in the giving of your tithes and your offerings, bringing it to the storehouse of the church so we can do the ministry that God has called us to do as his church. And eternity will be changed forever because you participated in doing that through the local church. It makes a huge difference because I want to close with the fourth thing. It is about the heart, isn't it? That's really what it's all about. If your heart is for lost people coming to know Jesus, then this will become a joy for you to participate and making sure those people hear about Jesus and have the opportunity to respond to his call on their lives. And they could go from a place of darkness to light, of being lost to being found, of, of being saved through the power of the blood of Jesus. It's about the heart. Notice what he said in verse 13. Because of the service by which you've proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. For where your treasure is, Jesus said, that's where your heart will be also. 2024, Lakeshore is going to celebrate 50 years as a church. Yeah. And the way that's happened is there's been a core group of people that have consistently supported the work of Lakeshore Christian Church, the ministry of Lakeshore Christian Church. I've been able to be here over 33 of those years, of those 50 years, as your pastor. And I couldn't be more honored to be a pastor anywhere than I am here at Lakeshore Christian Church. I personally have been able to baptize over 1,100 people into Christ during that time. And here's the thing, I'm just the servant that was able to be part of that, right? It was God and the work and the moving of the Holy Spirit using the resources that people have given and the time and the effort that you've given to the ministries of the church that made it all possible. I get to have the fun part of dunking them in the water. So I want to close this series with this reminder that what God wants more than anything else is he wants your heart surrendered to him. It'll show up in all those other areas of your life if you really do that, including your giving. Because when you give your heart, the treasure and the heart go together. But he wants your heart surrendered to him. You know why? He loves you. He wants to spend eternity with you. He gave his son on the cross for you. His heart has already been offered to you. He wants you to bring your heart to him. So we're going to have a time of invitation right now. We want to encourage you, if you have a step of faith and obedience you need to take, that you take that step even today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we've been able to celebrate today your faithfulness to your church. I want to thank you for Lakeshore, for all the people that have contributed and donated and gave time and resources and served in any way possible to make it possible for us to celebrate these lives that have been changed forever. 
through the gospel of Jesus. Father, I pray for others who, who may need to take that step to come to connect to Christ and to others through Christ. To be personally connected to and involved in the work of the kingdom. There's no greater work in the world. Nothing better they could give their lives to than this. Father, may their hearts be surrendered to you when they understand your heart for them. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.